listening to the Brotherly Talk Podcast. Keep it real. Hello, everybody. I'm your uh, speaker, Dennis. I'm here joined with uh, friend Roy, our guest speaker, Alexander. Uh, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. How are you guys? Good. Appreciate it. I'm going to hand it over to Aubrey, uh, Roy. He's going to first question awesome so yeah i woke up today i'm proud of that um i know uh dennis woke up today i'm pretty sure arnold did too so alexander go ahead and introduce yourself tell us uh tell us a little bit about you where you come from who you are you know Uh, just give us a little synopsis on who you are as a person brother we want to hear it Awesome. All right. So, uh, yeah, my name is Alexander Arnold. I'm currently 21 years old. Uh, married. Uh, came, I hail from uh, Iowa. Uh, my Both my parents were in, my mother and father, um, and my stepdad, too. All uh, all Army. Um, moved around a lot due to being a military uh, brat. So then I joined as a 31 Bravo MP after high school, and then... Got stationed here at Fort Liberty, formerly Fort Bragg. Uh, jump out of planes for a living. It's pretty fun. So, so you oh, said yeah. you do jump out of planes. You're, yes. You're, uh, it was Air Soul Airborne? What is it? Just Airborne. Just Airborne? Okay, Airborne MP. I, told, I knew you were going to be high speed. I'm calling <laughs> you out right now. You jump out of airplanes. Yeah. All right. So Iowa, that's interesting. My wife's from Iowa. She's from um, – uh, for city, I have no idea where that is. No, yeah, uh, she's she's a small town gal. So, <laughs> yeah. um, so you said you're from Iowa and you come up in a military brat background and stuff. Yeah, whole family's just kind of been there, done that kind of yeah. thing, right? Um, yeah, surprise me, family. How was that growing up? You know, everybody in your family military. It was, was like? uh, it was. I, I had a pretty good upbringing because, um, you know, my my mom, when she had me and my, my sister, she got out, but uh, she was still married to my, well, stepdad now, well, stepdad. Mm-hmm. And uh, we moved around, I think, five, four or five times within, uh, before I turned, what, 16? Mm-hmm. So uh, it was definitely like the standard military brat, like, hey, yeah. we're going to be moving every, yeah. every, soul, every couple mm-hmm. of years. So, uh, what, what branch was uh, your father, your, uh, your mother, which one? No, all all Army. All of us were all Army. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So, when you enlisted, I'm guessing, uh, I feel like it's safe to assume that it was kind of like a legacy thing. Your parents passed it down to you, or you wanted to live in their footsteps? Uh, it was definitely that. Um, mm-hmm. Definitely had, like, growing up, we had to see uh, the talks. Like, my dad, my stepdad, he was always, I'm not going to push you for the Army. I want you to do your research, but me and your mom are going to support you no matter what you do. And I was uh, I graduated high school in South Dakota, so I was very like, either go to college or like work part-time jobs or the military. I'm like, well, I know the military. I've been dealing with my whole life, so I might as well just send it there. And yeah, here I am now. Here we are. <laughs> All right. Well, you said that you're married. Congratulations, if that's Thank recent, you. because you said you're 21. Congrats. When did you meet your <laughs> yeah. wife? Uh, so or I actually met spouse. Sorry, 
progressive. That's wife. Okay. Wife. <laughs> uh, I, so I actually met my wife on Bumble when I was at airborne school in Fort Benning, Georgia. Uh, that we were just talking on Bumble and like, like yeah, she's pretty cute. Uh, so I got her Snapchat, got her uh, her 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 phone numbers, and you know we're facetiming like every day after every day after uh, the schoolhouse, and then came back from got my wings came back that night she drove five hours to see me she came down to fort bragg she drove five hours uh we we met we had i think get a cookout and uh we stayed in the hotel room and the rest is history then uh about a year a little over a year later we got married so we got married uh this august so, so. hell yeah man congrats that's Thank awesome you. that's awesome brother all right so as an mp on Fort Liberty, Fort Bragg. Every every time I hear Liberty now, I just the Liberty Mutual theme song just <laughs> pops into my head. Right. Yep. Um what's what's law enforcement? The law enforcement life like on Fort Bragg? Uh, do you enjoy it? Do you not enjoy it? Um and then from there we'll branch off into other stuff because I'm sure that's pretty broad. Yeah, uh so it's pretty I'm sure you guys know, but uh, Fort Fort Bragg, Fort Liberty has the most, it's the largest population of military installations, due to it being the home of um, uh, JSOC, um, special third special force group, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, and then the whole eighty second. Uh, it's not. It's a, it's a big base, but the majority of it is um, uh, res- the field reservations for airborne ops because. You know, you have to jump. You have to land somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh. So, but with that, uh, for law enforcement, it's very, it's very wild. Okay. Um, definitely. Yeah. Uh, I I enjoy it. Uh, I love, I love working the road, especially during the holiday season, because that's what all MPs do: is just work the road for the holidays. That's facts. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we get a lot of um wild calls you you go on a shift not knowing like what's gonna hop happen that day i know you can like oh you you're always hoping i want to get off as soon as we like shift ends i want to just you know go home like drink a beer have a shower go to bed 99 percent of the time it's some a domestic or a possible suicide or a, a warrant always pops off like five minutes before shift mm-hmm. yeah and um i have i have stories of like so like wild cases, but I'm sure you guys have them too. Uh, but like, law enforcement is always so it's fun. So it's, it's a hate to say it, but it's a, it's a fun not it's a fun time doing law enforcement here, Brad. I I definitely right. agree with you. Yeah, yeah, I was, I agree with you on the same page. So, um, so uh, go ahead. Right, you want to go? You get it, right. uh, I was gonna ask you to follow follow on to that question. Right, if you knew. What you were getting into before even signing that contract as an MP, right? Would you would you have still have signed it if you knew what the MP life was like? If I knew what the MP life was like, I yeah. definitely would not have signed a contract. <laughs> okay. Um, but I I am thankful for signing that contract. Uh, but uh, then again, my recruiter lied to me. She said, <laughs> "Yeah, you know, thirty one Bravo, easy transition at thirty one kilo." Cause that's what I wanted was you know be a canine handler, but. Uh, no. Shit, that makes you and me both, my boy. <laughs> that's uh, 
that's fair. That's fair. Someone someone uh, once confused me for a canine handler, and they were like, why didn't you do it? And I was like, because I was stupid. That would have been chill as hell. All right. Um, I was asked you about law enforcement. You said you enjoyed it. Um, so he, here's here's a really good question that I think that's really going to pick, like, all three of our minds. Okay. So something that we don't get as MPs is sufficient training. I think we can all agree on that. We don't get the opportunity and the time invested for, you know, to receive sufficient training because we're law enforcement officers. We're federally certified as law enforcement police officers who enforce not only the Uniform Code of Military Justice, federal laws, but local and state, right? So that that's more shit that we have to enforce on a military installation than um, per se county and state, right? Nothing against those boys because I'm going to be wearing blue at some point or green because I'm going to Florida and I'm, that's what I like to do. But um, there's always a story about a rookie cop that makes a mistake. All right. And my question for you, Arnold, is as a rookie cop, what mistake did you make that really that like the first story that comes in your mind and what happened? So I was lucky. Um I never had that like massive rookie mistake because my team leaders, when I first got here, my team leaders, like they were with me at every step of the way. I got sufficient training. However, <laughs> like the, um, the PSYOP guys who've like failed the PSYOP uh, pipeline, they're MPs and they don't, they don't want to be MPs. They don't really care to be MPs. But um, this hall, this uh, last uh, holiday block leave, we had, a newer guy, like a private. So he, uh, uh, there was a command, uh, a, a commander, first star, and like, I forgot another. And that's just uh, the subject. He popped hot for a UA for mm -hmm. um, CHC and CHC. And uh, this private, no idea what he was doing, didn't ask any questions. He just said, All right, we'll take the specimen. We'll put it in the in the uh, evidence room and uh we're gonna hand it back over to you guys so you can do all your U ucmj all that stuff and you're not supposed to do that it's um it, it, since um using marijuana like using marijuana well, having to use senior system and like uh using marijuana while in the service at bragg at least under um uh policy letter it's it's a big no-no as well as in North Carolina, it's illegal. So it's a both federal and state offense. Yeah, yeah. So he had to, he had to get processed. He had was supposed to be processed through um, like his fingerprint scanned and mm -hmm. all the, all the all the whatnot for it. Yeah, but uh, the private just let him send him on his way, and then the the watch commander came in. and He's like, "Hey, what happened with the pop tight UA? He's gone." And uh, I ended up having to call this guy, call this dude who popped hot, and said, "Hey, you need to come back to the to the the law enforcement center. You have to like, we have to fill out some more paperwork for you." And he's like, "When do I gotta do that?" And I'm like, "Now, preferably." He's like, "I can't. I'm in Georgia." He, as soon as he released them, he got on his car and just drove straight to, uh, to Georgia because he was on leave. Oh, what a what a smart man. That's yeah. a. <laughs> All right, Dennis. What about you? What's one? I I might know this story. I might not. 
what's mm-hmm. a what's a good mistake that you made? So, I guess one of the biggest mistakes I've ever made. Well, not really like biggest. It's not. Eh, all right. But anyway, what I'm trying to say is my first ever domestic, right? Mm-hmm. PV two, right? First ever mid shift. I get a call for a domestic, right? And it was actually with our first squad leader, you and me, Noah Aubrey. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I was spotted at the scene. I walked in, and the first thing I see is, you know, a woman unconscious. And my first thought was to kind of step back, observe the scene, call for backup or medical, because obviously this woman's unconscious. So I stepped back outside the doorway real quick, you know, called up medical and everything. And then later on, my squadron explained that, hey, look, in that situation, it looked like you weren't as active as you were supposed to be, because you were supposed to possibly care for her, because you don't know what kind of injury she was going through. Yeah, Yeah. Which I understand that now. But back then, I was thinking, well, maybe we should have, I should have cleared the house first, call additional patrols, you know. But in that moment, I understand the mistake made was I need to check up on the person first. Because I, I have to trust my squad leader and my other patrols to come in and clear the house or do the other things while I provide aid for this person. Okay, I got you. So you kind of had like a, a little bit of a, a freezing moment and... I mean, you, like you said, it's your first domestic, so like, boom, immediately. I know that's like fucking adrenaline pumping, like, oh my god, yeah. what do I, what do I do, rookie cop kind of thing. That's a, I, I totally get that, one hundred percent. I was gonna, I wasn't gonna say something like that. I was gonna say I've locked myself out of my car maybe three times before. I learned to keep my keys on me and I pat myself every <laughs> fucking time. Yeah, um, and then one of the the most memorable time when I locked myself out of the car was um in era four on fort carson by the ammo supply point uh there was an icid alarm that we had responded to and it was me and rod and i appreciate rod for this because i wasn't alone when it happened but i locked myself out he stuck with me the entire time and patrol soup comes and before she even stepped out of her vehicle we i just i was like I'm going to front and leaning rest. You can join me or not. And I'm like already just in the position, just assumed ready. And she, she walks up to me. She's like, the fuck are you doing, idiot? And I'm like, sorry, I'm ready. And she just told me to get up, fucking unlock the car for me. And I got on with shift, dog. I thought I was going to get fucked up for that. But yeah, that's, that's the, that's the one that really pops up. And then there was another time in the snow that really, uh, we we know this person, but he definitely fucked me up for that one at the end of yeah. shift. He's like, you fucking idiot. You're a fucking idiot. I'm like, yes, Sergeant. I'm an idiot, Sergeant. Now, Who is Sergeant? Now, I'm not going to I'm not gonna name drop, all right? But probably one of the... <laughs> he's, he's, a good, he's a good person. I'm not going to say his name, but yeah. one of the biggest fuck-ups I've seen was this man locked... This, he man locked himself out of his car with a subject in the back. And that shit... That shit was bad. Like, obviously, they unlocked. No, no, not you. Oh, I was like, I don't remember that. No, 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 someone else. I'm unlocking a name job, though. But yeah, that was probably one of the biggest fuck-ups I've seen. All right, all right. So, with that in mind, right, our mistakes. I know, Arnold, you said you're sitting over here like a golden child. Like, yeah, I I made mistakes. I had a great support system. But (laughs) the mistake that you saw that you watched 
did that teach you any lesson that really um that you can like hold the heart now did that teach you anything that will influence your decisions in the future when it comes down to law enforcement uh that most definitely yeah because um our patrol supervisor um at the time during uh that whole mistake he was just seeing red he wasn't like he didn't really have the whole story Mm -hmm. he didn't hear like like um the private side of the story because this is his first time working the road he just doesn't know what to do and i kind of was like well you need to be asking questions you need to you know have the car like the confidence and the courage to ask your questions and if you don't know what's going on just ask somebody and so like it gave me more of an understanding like all right there's some stuff that people aren't going to know and they're just going to want to take it on themselves to just mm-hmm. accomplish the mission do what yeah. they think is right yeah yeah mm-hmm. and you just gotta like check in like check in on them like hey what are you doing like oh you shouldn't be doing that here you should do this instead and this is what i do to help it smooth better Definitely okay like have that more of a presence of leadership like yeah you've you fucked up but let's move on from this you know what to do now just ask your questions and then okay just try to make them so this is part of me yeah so what it taught you was pretty much how to be a better leader you saw you saw someone in their failure to be a leader and help that person in the situation that they were in because all they saw was red and you're like, Hey, okay. I, I know what not to do now. And you took that as a lesson to be a leader and bringing up the idea of leader, your specialist promotable now. Congratulations. Thank you. Congrats, bro. Thank you. How's it, how's it feel to be ready to take that step and put on the shoes of a, a corporal or a sergeant? How's that feel? I, it's definitely, um, a new, not only a new one, but uh, it's just kind of funny because all my NCOs in my squad right now, they're um, they're away for training mm-hmm. for like two weeks. So as of right now, it's only it's me, me as acting squad leader, as a special promotable. So I'm like, well, I'm now I'm getting time to learn being a squad leader. So now when my squad leader comes back, I can like, hey, this is what we've been doing as a squad. I know you're probably going to change it, go back to the old ways, but mm-hmm. this is what works for us. And you just have that, uh, the feedback and the, like that conversation as a, hopefully as a younger NCO for, for like the, um, form, you know, my squad leader who's like two years older than me. <laughs> okay. So you, cur- you are currently in charge of the squad as a yes. specialist promote, correct? Correct. I, I am, yes. Hell yeah, that's some, that's some great experience for you right there, man. Yeah, if I ever hear that NCOs are the backbone of the Army one more time, I'm going to be like, bullshit, you better give these specialist promotables some fucking credit. Hey, the E4 Mafia is still alive. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yeah, thanks for that, brother. Um, so, specialist promotable. How, how'd your board go? What's a board look like for the company that you're in now, currently? Oh, that's, uh, well, um, it was, it wasn't in, the uh, ASUs. It was in OCP, oh, ACUs and OCPs. Okay. And it was not in an actual conference room. It was out in the field <laughs> doing 
Uh, it was, uh, what was it? It was almost 48 hours, no sleep, uh, just doing mission after mission, like responding to IDF, doing an L-shape ambush, just a whole bunch of tactical, like, uh, field shit, basically. And that's where, that's where I got, like, most of my training was, um, in the field. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh, I can yeah. do this, so no, no, no problem. Yeah. The only downside to it is, like, kind of don't feel as um, competent as, like, the regulations or whatnot. Because I didn't have that time to, like, sit down and study, oh, this is the AR for how to wear this or anything like that. <laughs> if, if I'm being honest, brother, I would have rather had a field board as well so I didn't have to learn that shit. Because I've never used that shit, nor will I ever use that shit in my life there's a there's been a select few times where i've actually had to result to regulation and i promise you it's in in lieu with like punishments kind of stuff okay that's it now when it comes down to like i don't know fucking uniform wear you know how many 670-1 shit that we can just throw out because we're mps especially like on duty or something a lot of it yeah like yeah, 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 like with that, all all the guys in the 82nd, like at Fort Bragg, we wore maroon berets because the majority of us are airborne. Mm-hmm. So it's be like parallel. Nah, it's like mine's like up here, covering my whole like ear, flash like all the way down here. It's it's a fashion thing. <laughs> yeah. That's what it is. It's well, a fashion statement. The last time I was told about AR 670-1 statement was like three years ago. I don't think anyone ever fucking brings that shit up anymore, man. Our, our sergeant major brings it up all the time. Really? My my old first sergeant would look at my mustache and want to strangle me. Yeah, because you, you riding the lines, my boy. Oh, I'm not riding the lines. I'm over the lines, bro. I fu- I'm, I'm, I'm hanging over like a fucking mistletoe, bro. If you want to kiss it, come kiss it, you know? <laughs> all right, all right. So let's, let's, take a, let's take a brief break from kind of army stuff and get to know you better as as a person okay Arnold I'm, I'm, again I, w- I want to thank you for like jumping on here I appreciate it I um mm-hmm. I always have low expectations for things but that's just um the shitty part of me kind of like speaking because you know if you have low expectations with everything you do it's probably because you've gotten the shit end of almost everything you've done right so you you definitely put some expectations out there that I wasn't expecting having an interview and I appreciate that and then I want to apologize for expecting that shit but you said that you're from Iowa okay my wife's from Iowa and um I know that Iowa is a completely different breed of human okay (laughs) what was what was life like in Iowa uh where'd you grow up I know you said you jumped around a lot you I, I believe you said you enlisted while you were in South Dakota yes yeah so where, where have you been? Uh, it's, and what I've was been, that life like? Yeah. So uh, we spent uh, my stepdad when I was young. I was I was born in Iowa. Mm-hmm. After like three years, uh, my mom remarried to my stepdad. Yeah. And uh, he was stationed at Fort Carson. Um. Mm-hmm. So spent six years at Carson. Did my uh, my elementary school there. Then he uh got. Then we PCS to Port Lightwood, Missouri. And we just attached to the, the, like the Seaburn unit there. Mm-hmm. And then after two years, so like I was in seventh grade, I think. And then we moved again to JBL in Washington. 
and that's where I spent like I think four years that time. So about halfway through uh, high school graduation, then we moved. Then he got out. We moved to South Dakota because he took up a, a truck driving job, mm-hmm. uh, stationed out of uh, South Dakota. So with that, I can say the going from like the the suburbs to the city life to the rural life was it was kind of different. Like mm-hmm. seeing people like show up to school with their fancy ass like two hundred dollar Jordans to uh people with cowboy boots and muscle yeah. like cow shit yeah. on them. Uh and it was different. Like the city schools had a lot more money, a lot more funding. That's where I uh learned a lot of um about uh about music mm-hmm. um and theater and uh that's where I did a lot of my sports because you know might as well cause it's free because like the the yeah school's yeah. main form mm-hmm. and then we moved to uh, south dakota when it was coming from a a class size of like a thousand four hundred to a school size of a thousand four hundred to my graduating class being around like 50 to 60 people Damn. oh boy all right so i like to say i'm pretty well rounded when it comes to like knowing people like how they how they grow up as well mm-hmm. so like I can like sort of relate to people from all certain walk, walks of life, yeah. Due to the military, so cool. Uh, I actually have a, a like another personal question for you. I see that you see that you got like a nice little mic, you know, a nice gaming chair, nice headset. You uh, what, what kind of stuff are you into, man? You like you like streaming and stuff? Uh, I I ch- I'm trying to get into it more and more, uh, but it's really hard to do, especially um, in my my apartment complex because. My neighbor's downstairs plays music way too loud. Like not tonight. I'm really glad. <laughs> like that shit shakes the whole fucking floor. Jeez. Um, and with my wife, like when she's home, like from uh, from college and, and from her job, it's like I want to spend quality time with you, which I absolutely I love my wife, and I and I can't really like play video games because I just feel bad. Uh, but with that, yeah, me and my buddies we play all like we just play all the time. I used to be really big into streaming from like before uh before i got married actually so okay nice no all right we'll have to pull you into the uh discord server that we go through but uh go ahead go ahead throw your ad out there bro are you on twitch uh yeah i'm on twitch uh it's arnie a-r-n-i and i think three threes three to five e's it changes Sometimes, like, so Arnie with a bunch of E's, okay. <laughs> Arnie with a bunch of E's, um, and uh, my profile picture is me and uh, with uh, some little kids and guitar, some little Afghanis. Oh, okay. I'm I'm glad you put the in guitar with Afghanis in there. Yeah. Uh, so with the with the kids sound a little bit off yeah. for a second there. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So w- one of the things that you wanted to talk about. Right, and we're coming up about the 30-minute marker, so we got a little bit of time here. Um, So you've been to Poland recently, okay? Yes. And you've also been to Qatar, okay? And those are still current events that happened and stuff, okay? Before I finish the question, keep OPSEC in mind, all right? Because, yeah. you know, we're all still in the military. But what was what was Qatar like for you? And then, what were you doing in Qatar? Okay, if you're able to share that. If you're not, that just disclose that immediately, because I 
OPSEC, I know. Don't worry about it, brother, if you got to say no. And then what were you doing in Poland afterwards? And tell me a little bit about that and how to go. So uh, originally, my unit was supposed to go into Afghanistan. We were supposed to be the first unit responding to uh, into um, uh, Kabul. That was our first primary mission. That didn't get accomplished due to the MP brigade, six uh, fucking M sixteenth MP brigade being very not um, conscientious of um, how many people were going because. We got on, I, like my squad caught on a bird like four or five times in uh, Joint Base Charleston. Mm-hmm. So, and um, every like 20 minutes, like, all right, get on the bird, go to Afghanistan, get off the bird, get on the bird, get off the bird. So, and we ended up, the whole company ended up going to Kuwait and Qatar. Uh, one, one platoon one stayed in Kuwait, the other two in Qatar. And we were just, um, we're just, um, grabbing the refugees coming in from the C-130s and C-17s, putting them in tents with, like, makeshift housing, and then giving them food, water, um, peace of mind, knowing that they're out out of Afghanistan, and we're just helping them as a stationary place. Like, they'll come to Qatar, and then they'll leave to Germany, um, any place that's going to take them. That's that's all we did for a couple months that we were there. Yeah. Humanitarian relief, which is yeah, help the people. Yeah, uh, and that's where that's where we really got close as a platoon, because uh, it was like 113 degrees at night, and it was dry as hell. Uh, and that's all we did. Um, we did a lot of humanitarian relief there, and then uh, towards the end of that, uh, and then we got then I can't really discuss what happened near the end of that due to opsec. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then transitioning to Poland, we uh, were just kind of like guarding uh, US, US. Like we're just guarding the little stations that the US kind of occupied in certain areas of Poland. Mm-hmm. I know my unit, we did, uh, we're just guarding the airfield for, for the first 47 days. It was 24 hour, well, it was 18 hour shifts. Mm hmm. Like eighteen on, six off. With those six off, you gotta you gotta walk two hours, take a shower, get some grub in you, and walk two hours back. So you didn't really have any day, days off. Oof, yeah. Walked. Oh, okay. Ah, uh, and it was full full bottle rattle the whole time. Uh, it was it was ass. But then after that, the whole um, uh, Eurocom was like, "Hey, we're gonna like let these guys like go out into Poland, and you know." sightsee you know build that compassion between with nato between the u.s and polish mm-hmm. and uh the airfield that we were at um and during world war ii it was completely overtaken by by germans and the action and the 82nd airborne actually helped um uh what the world for uh reoccupy that land mm-hmm. and it was yeah. kind of it was very um yeah the mayor of the town we were at he was very thankful for us being there, and he presented the, a plaque to the, to the, I think the command sergeant major, uh, the division. Yeah, that's that's basically all we did in those two. It wasn't there were there were there were deployments, but not combat deployments. So, well, that's what to expect with uh, peacetime military. Like we're not gonna go shoot some Russians right now. Maybe save that for later, right? <laughs> with how the world's going, but. 
No, I, I hear you though. That's that's good stuff though. You know, Poland is what to expect at this time in the world that we're living in right now with the whole Russia versus Ukraine effort that's going on. Uh, Poland's been getting a couple backlashes, some missiles accidentally getting shot, accidentally yeah. getting shot into their land, and that's why we're there to help out with NATO and any efforts there. And then Qatar. Um, that's something that I didn't know too much about. I actually missed that deployment because not deployment rotation because I was in traffic school. So I didn't do that. But, um, yeah, I, I definitely respect that humanitarian relief is something that's big when it comes down to peacetime, um, army. You know, I see that a lot. People don't go combat situations much anymore at this time mm -hmm. in the future. Who the fuck knows? Cause Nothing's for certain anymore, right? Yeah. Um, I appreciate you uh, sharing that those two experiences, right? So we got, you know, about like you no know, five minutes left or so, but I want to end on a good note. So I want to ask you, uh, what advice would you give to some of the new people or some of the new guys, uh, civilians, that are either going to join the Army or thinking about joining the Army? Yeah. Definitely. Just full send it. Um, volunteer for any opportunity that's given to you. Um you never know where it's going to take you, and it's a massive adventure, and you'll make a lot of friends and brothers and sisters along the way. And uh, at the end of the day, you have it's always something to look back on and be proud of, especially when I put on my uniform every day, see my little U.S. Army sew on with my sewn-on <laughs> wings. Like it's very, uh, it's a great experience. Just you know, ask your recruiter questions. I uh, reach out to some of the service members that are in and um not like the recently ets or retired ones too uh because the army's changing and you know our experiences can differ i can know that that's about it yeah okay i will also throw in there you know to do your own research on a certain job that you want just so you know the recruiters don't be like oh yeah you can get this and switch over to this you know speaking from experience <laughs> <laughs> All right, I've got one more question. Looks like we got about three minutes left. This shouldn't take you too long. Um, so Arnold, you, you've you've been on rotations. You've you've done a lot of things. You've probably done more things than me at this point because I've been a lucky few that has done nothing but work law enforcement on Fort Carson. How do you feel about the way the world looks at law enforcement? And if you could say something to those people, what would that be? Well, um, it's definitely, it's a hard topic to look at because on the, on the outside looking in, since, you know, I'm like thin blue line, it's part of us. Like I will always support like cops no matter what, because I know what they all go through, what all of us go through, never knowing what's on the other side of that door, who's in that vehicle. And, yeah. and like what I would tell people like often looking at us is just hear our side of the story. Like yeah. try to put yourself in our situation because we've had buddies, friends, and, you know, like brothers and sisters who've done the same exact thing and they're not here with us anymore. Yeah. So just, yeah. just talk to us about it and give us the benefit of the doubt because not all of us are horrible, crooked cops. Like, the majority of 
was shown on the news and stuff like that. I like that. I appreciate that. I like the answer. Totally respect it. Yeah, it puts it two to my eye, man. You know, that was <laughs> that was beautiful. I, I I honestly don't think I could have said it better. You know, there's oh, two gosh, sides. There's two sides to every story. You can't formulate a decent and a good opinion until you hear both sides. You know, it's it wouldn't be fair otherwise. And people definitely look at us differently because they don't hear our side. All right, with that, that one spoiled apple that ruins the bench. That's true. Yeah. Well, Arnold, I appreciate you being here, brother. And I like you, so I'm going to email you my Discord ID so we can maybe talk in the future as well. And I appreciate that you were joining. Um, Dennis, any closing remarks? We got listen to me. I just want to say uh, thank you, Alex, for joining us. It's been a real honor. Appreciate you having on. You've been a, a great guest. So, uh, yeah, hopefully I can see you in that Discord. All right. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you guys both so much for, you know, uh, to have me. It was, it was just a great great time just expressing my thoughts and my opinions on the matter we appreciate you awesome brother um arnold you're the guest you got i don't know how many seconds left but you get to close out if you can make it uh uh well i don't i got nothing just you know just thank you guys and you know <laughs> cool. appreciate totally for me this guy in the future a little, a little odd on the road though more experience sure awesome brother all right arnold, hopefully we'll see you soon brother okay Listening to the Brotherly Talk Podcast. Keep it real.